From the beginning, we started Everyday Driver to help people find cars they will love. Commuting is a chore, but driving should be fun. If you like to drive, then there are cars where your budget, needs, and fun all intersect, and we want to help you find them. I'm Paul. I'm Todd, and this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey everybody, it is time to talk about cars again. It seems like that's all we do here on Everyday Drivers, just talk about cars. What's up with that? That is all we do. That's almost all we do anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I take your point. You know, this has kind of turned into our regular phone call when you and I just discuss cars on the phone. If if you're listening, you got to know that Todd and I have long just had phone calls. We're talking about cars that we found, you know, we're searching, yep. you know, online car sales and we're looking at this and looking at that and it's kind of fun because we're just I feel like we're having this conversation just like we're doing it on the phone. It's pretty fun. And we're and we're including you guys. I mean that was that was part of the inspiration I feel for the podcast is we just finally were like, should we share this? And here we are. Yeah. So thankfully many of you are enjoying it. Thank you for rating by the way. That is helping. We had our last week's episode in the top ten uh, I, iTunes auto episodes for multiple days so clearly you guys are liking this idea oh that's pretty cool brands. yeah we're, we're talking about the enthusiast cars and last week was our first installation of that and we're actually going alphabetically so this week we're starting off with chevrolet going all the way through mm -hmm. honda so we've got a few brands to talk about and yeah, uh i'm curious week. to hear your thoughts on on what you would uh consider an enthusiast car performance car and uh like we've said last week keeping it under 50 grand right about there and mm -hmm. about 10 years old so in that range so we're just giving ourselves some self-imposed self-imposed uh restrictions yeah. here just to keep it you know realistic for you know we could go we've got wild to have some crazy. sort of parameters so yeah i mean we could go we could go 30 years back and find a car that's cheap <laughs> enough course. but what's that going to be like to run so yeah under 50k no more than 10 years old so it takes us from 05 to now yeah which is still a long swath this is a big week this week there's a lot of stuff on this list actually yeah it would be pretty interesting so uh we'll start off talking with that first though i want to talk about detroit the detroit show just happened mm. when we're recording this and, you know, a lot of I, I feel like we missed out on Detroit. I mean, we don't normally think about going, but this year at Detroit, many automakers threw down. Yeah, this was pretty it was impressive. A big, big year. I mean, you know, Hyundai had that weird cruck looking thing and Buick had a big rear wheel drive top of the line concept. I mean, there were a lot of things that were really thrown down. that were like, where did that come from? Yeah, especially in a world where I feel like everybody knows about everything beforehand. There were some there were some big things. There's the and biggest like were were two I can think of. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. First of all, the 4GT and you know Camilo Pardo had his designer's night party. He was the original designer <laughs> of the 4GT, you know, the resurgence yeah. of that car and so I'm sure he had his designer's night party and this 4GT. Honestly, I was not expecting this car. I wasn't expecting Ford to come back and throw down well, again with this thing. That's interesting. I mean, that, that speaks to what I was actually mentioning a minute ago. I mean, you're talking about the two biggest ones, of course, were the Ford GT and the, the Honda or Acura NSX. Yeah. The NSX finally in production form after all these years. But the Ford GT comes out of left field. And honestly, nobody was talking about it until I feel like it was four or five days before the show opened. It was like the Thursday before the show opened. There were a couple little articles that were like, we think Ford's bringing a GT, and before that, it had been crickets. I mean, in this world where you invariably see spy shots, you see what is this car they're testing? Oh, this is a test mule for no, nothing's a surprise. Well, and they drop 
a Ford GT out of the sky and, frankly, wreck Acura's party with the NSX. Well, which is interesting because the NSX has been teased for years now. We've been, we know it's been coming. It's changed in styling. It's been tweaked. It's grown a little bit. Of course, one of them burned down on the Nürburgring during testing. But we've known about the NSX. The NSX yeah. is coming. It's yeah. been years now, and it's almost sort of like old news, even though the new car is gorgeous and amazing. It's How pretty. did Ford keep the, theirs so secret is my question. I agree. And, and the NSX, I mean, it's been the car that's been coming for five or eight years now. And, yeah. you know, we've all been excited about it. But, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like the LFA. Its gestation period has been so long that is it a, oh, well, okay, now that it's out. I actually think the latest version, this this going to uh, to market version, hopefully going to actual production version, looks spectacular and looks an awful lot like the R8. I couldn't agree more. It's got it's got elements of McLaren in there from a profile mm -hmm. view. It's definitely got R8 all over it. It feels like absolutely a little bit like Acura does an R8, but from what I can read, it's loaded with technology, and I'm really thrilled to hear that it's going to be. It's going to make its power and performance a lot differently. It's not going to be typical just in terms of, yeah. you know, throwing a high revving whatever kind of engine in it. I'm excited that this thing is going to be just a, a loaded, technologically advanced car. It needs to be for the NSX to really it come back. It, it's got to be. It does. I mean, here's the problem I see for the NSX right now. It's not even the fact that it's been teased for so long. It's the market it's jumping into. Mm -hmm. When it dropped originally... What else was out there? What else was out there at that price point that you could feel like you got an exotic car? It was maybe a vet. That was about it. You know what I mean? It oh, you could go buy Ferraris, a Viper. Certainly but, buy a exactly, lot. But, but, you know, maybe a vet, maybe a Viper. But after that, an actual, like, exotic-feeling sports car, you were kind of done. Now, all the expectations on this NSX are that it's going to drop in the $130,000, $150,000 range. The problem there is now... That water is cold. There are a lot of people already swimming there. If I try right. to murder that that uh, reference, but but here's the thing. I mean, at, at over a hundred grand, I mean, well, okay, seventy grand, you've got the fantastic C7 Corvette. Sure. Hundred grand, you have the new Z06 World Beater, but you've also got the Viper. You've also got the GTR. You've also got the <laughs> R8 new and the, a lot of the nice Aston Porsches Martin in there. Vantage. Lots the Aston Martin of Vantage. In there. Pick your pick your Porsche for 150 grand. Yeah. I mean, short of the loaded out turbos, you can get whatever one you want. This is a really crowded space now, and I feel like that's actually the problem the NSX will have that the Ford GT will not is where they're going to target. I'm not sure that car is going to be unique or new enough to to really ha be a big sales success. I mean, I hope so. I want to drive it. It looks amazing. I hope so. But it is not Just because like it is the, the original. Newest, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. You were I'm saying? glad it's there. Well, I just I, I I think they're stepping into a really difficult market with the NSX. Whereas the Ford GT, I think that thing they won't be able to make them fast enough. And if it looks like that concept car, and here's the here's my problem with the Ford GT. I think it's spectacular, but it is still existing in that kind of murky ether of we think it's going to be this and it's going to have this. there's a lot of the Acura is finally buttoned down to this is production. The right. Ford GT is still existing in concept. And a right. year from now, let's see what it really is. But the current one, I loved those flying buttresses on the rear of that Ford GT is one of the sexiest back ends of a car I've ever seen. 
it is jaw-dropping, and it steals the show from the NSX. It does. Which is kind of sad. It's kind of sad after all this time. You know what's interesting? But I'm interesting. curious to see what the Ford GT really will be. Well, as you said, the GT is really just a concept at this point. It's not finalized towards production. However, I have a different thought for you, and that is in terms of what I'm reading about the powertrain. I'm seeing mm-hmm. nothing in terms of technology or hybrid anything or electric this or electric that no. like the NSX no. has. And just reading this car, it says it's got a twin-turbo V6 with over 600 horsepower. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 20 years ago, the Jaguar XJ220 had a twin-turbo V6 with nearly 600 horsepower. This is not new True. technology. Nothing True. about the powertrain is news. Stylistically True. speaking, it's gorgeous. Yes, I agree. It steals the show. It's fantastic. It's unbelievable. But in terms of powertrain, until Ford actually mm-hmm. throws down, this is not in the supercar category that the Porsche 918 Spiders in, the McLaren P1, the Ferrari, those cars. It just isn't. If you're going to make a well, supercar... Okay. It is all about numbers. It is about having the most, the biggest, the best. I don't know. You I, know, I we, we you. don't know what it's going to drive like, of course. But that is twenty-year-old drivetrain or more. Yeah, but there's. A I'm couple, unimpressed. I, I, I hear you, but but I don't know that I agree for a couple of reasons. And one is, the the Ford GT is not going for hypercar status, even though it will be looked at that way because it's so rare for Ford. In, in truth, it's going to be a quarter million dollar car. So it's not competing with the million-dollar hypercars. It's not trying well, to. Well, the Chevy I mean, Z06 has over 600 horsepower for true. You know, a, just over 100 grand. And this it'll thing? Be, yes, I agree with that. It'll be the it'll no be the way. technology showcase. It'll be the technology showcase for what they can do with their EcoBoost engines. And brief side note, fo- fo- folks. Um, I remember when Ford first came out, we were actually already journalists when Ford first came out with their EcoBoost technology. I remember hearing one of the first journalist press conferences about how awesome it was. And I sat there the whole time having the same thought I have now, which is, guys, you've just made turbo engines. I don't care what you call it. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 everybody, Ford EcoBoost, it's, it's just those Ford marketing turbos. People, those clever just marketing turbos, people. Folks. Turbos have been around a while. But anyway, but, but, but what they're going to make it is a, is a showcase piece for how much they can get out of those EcoBoost engines because that then is a link to the guy that goes in to buy his Fiesta ST and goes, I've got EcoBoost too, or his Mustang. Sure. They're going to do it for that reason. And it isn't competing against the hypercars. It is competing against the McLaren 650, which is Certainly. a twin-turbo, not a V6, it's a V8, but it's a twin-turbo, three-and-a-half roughly liter. I mean, that's roughly the same idea as the GT. And I think in that world, for those guys shopping, it will be a success. I, it, it can't. You wouldn't buy a GT instead of one of the hypercars. Frankly, if you have that much money, you'd buy both. But I hate to I say suppose, that. But I suppose. It isn't supposed to be a hypercar, but it will be a heck of a halo car for Ford. I, I think it's fascinating. I, I'm just, I, I love the styling. I'm, I'm unimpressed by the powertrain. I hope it changes. I hope something develops. Of course, it's very, very early to judge it mm-hmm. and actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It is. But I'm just coming away going, I wish the stats were different. I wish something about hybrid technology were in there or electric you know, powertrains or something like the NSX is doing because it now fits in a category of one. There's the supercars at the high end. There's the NSX mm, and all the mm. cars we mentioned, the R8s, kind of below it. What competes against that, and why would you buy it for that price? What are you getting? Because you're in, 
because you're in McLaren or, or Ferrari world, it, it's going to be the Kinda. the 458 or 458 or 650 competitor. I mean, that's what it's going against, and those aren't as te- technologically advanced. And here's the other thing, though. I expect it'll be manual transmission with that because they know that a lot of their 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 attraction, their market, is the old school feel. Mm. And Possibly. you know, some of the changes they're making make it a long way from the old school feel of the 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 GT from ten years ago. Because yeah. it's gonna have, you know, good traction control and it's gonna have well it's got turbos to begin with. It'll have a lot more technology on the <laughs> sure. inside. Yeah, I see. So your I mean point. It'll, it'll be quite different than the supercharger. But I but I, I see where you're going. It doesn't feel like a wow, that's new and different. But at the same <laughs> yeah. time, damn that car. Oh my gosh. It's it's amazing. <laughs> it it reminds me stylistically of the uh 67 Mark IV GT40, the one that uh, that was used in uh, Le Mans racing. It's got a little bit of a longer yeah. tail on it. Really mm-hmm. tasty. Really love it. Yeah, but, gorgeous. All really right, gorgeous. we can't turn this into the Ford we, GT discussion only. We we, we, we could, <laughs> but we should off, off. We should move on. Actually, you got good point. We you guys, thanks. You liked this uh, this thing we were doing last week a lot, but you did exactly what I expected. Exactly what we both expected, and that is, you wrote us some emails and said, "Hey, what about these things you forgot?" And thank you so guys for listening close. Out. Yeah, well, of we course we figured, did. But, but, we kind of figured we would. <laughs> hey, right. we don't claim to be perfect, and we proved it. But here's the thing. You guys brought it up as not, thankfully, as not by going, you guys are idiots. You just said, hey, question, guys, what about these? So I wanted to touch on a couple here. Uh, a couple of you mentioned, hey, what about the BMW 1M? Now, we've mm-hmm. driven the 1M. Yeah. That is the 1 Series with the uh, M3, basically, drivetrain crammed inside it. Watch our review of that car. We both loved it. I will say this about the 1M. If you can find one. For under fifty grand, <laughs> sell whatever you need to and buy it. Okay? Yeah, we did that, find it, some strange yes, things of pricing on that particular car, didn't we? It it counts, but when we drove it, you couldn't touch them for under seventy. You might find a beat down one for under fifty, but if you do, especially if it's still stock, I mean that's the other thing. Some people are taking them and not making them stock, and that makes them, you know, not worth as much. But still, the fifty grand problem is the problem with the one M. If you can find one, I'm telling you, sell limbs if you need. Well, not not limbs because not you're going to need those to drive it. But maybe but other you stuff. get the point. Yeah. Organs, but that brings like up that. the standard one series, like the one thirty five I of that of that generation. And I drove that on the track. I don't remember if you did or not, but I, I, I remember I was at a motor press guild thing. Drove it hard on the track. You can find those as a deal. Now the one twenty eight of that era is not a very good car, not a good enthusiast car. The one thirty five can be, but that whole body style has a high center of gravity that I feel like they solved with the one M. The 135i is fun, fun to throw around, but it's also got a good amount of body roll, I felt like. Mm. You know, we did find the pricing on that 1M. Prices were actually going the other way as a used car. They were going up. Mm -hmm. And because they're such a rare car, even though BMW did expand production and and built far more of them than they ever expected they would because of the popularity of the car, but they only built it for one year, and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. used prices were actually higher. They probably still are, if I'm not mistaken. They're actually when, higher when we drove than it, they, they were, were used, than brand new. When we drove it, the guy bought it for fifty, and they and the cheapest one in the nation you could buy was seventy. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's why I say go looking for that. Another one of you wrote in and asked a really random question. You wrote in and asked, "What about the Cadillac XLRV?" Now, if you can't picture that car, Ooh. that is the Cadillac Halo car built for a few years in the early two thousands. I think it was built till oh nine. Built for like, oh, I'm going to get this wrong. It was like 02 or 03 to 09. It is the C5, not the C6, the C5 Corvette chassis 
upgraded to look more like the Cadillac art and science uh, scene line design thing and then given a retractable hardtop and a better interior. I don't know if that's an now, upgrade. To, I don't even know if that's a lateral move in terms of style. Well, the XLRV was the upgraded supercharged 400 plus horsepower guy, but this is still the C7 chassis, so that is pretty uh, old technology as yeah. far as as uh, the the enthusiast feel of it is concerned. Now, some of the C5s are good, but here's the thing. This is a C5 Corvette chassis made more like the Cadillacs of the era. Now, some of them had the uh, early generation magnetic ride control, but it's designed to be more of a cruiser. So I actually <laughs> think that car, first off, it's a niche car. They didn't sell very many, and I think a lot of people look at them and go, wow, that's ugly. But I think it falls in a similar category as the BMW 8 Series, meaning mm. if you like it, you can get them for far cheaper than they used to be, if it fits your lifestyle and your style, it's interesting. But this is much more of a power cruiser car. This is not a chuck-it-around car. It's just not really that. And the interior is okay. No. And if what you it, think that car is – if you think you see Corvettes in the third lane going slow, just wait till you find one of these in the third lane. <laughs> They're going even slower. And you're going you're gonna to think to yourself, yeah, not an enthusiast car because, wow – I. Well, yeah. I've seen a if, few if on the road, and I go, oh, yeah, I forgot about that car, and then I promptly forget about it again. It's well, if, if not you're, that great. If you're, used to seeing, uh, if you're used to seeing retired guys in Corvettes go 10 years older, generally those were the people buying the XLRs. So I hate to say it, but that was, <laughs> that was very much the case. So, but it's an interesting question. I'm glad you asked that. We should move on. Uh, sister to Cadillac, we should move on sure. and actually start with the ones for this week and start with Chevrolet. Where are you on this, Paul? Well, for this, uh, for the last ten years, we're essentially t we got to mention the Corvette. We're essentially talking about the C6, and I looked them up. I was poking around online, and I found mm -hmm. a Z06 mm -hmm. for fifty grand. So that was actually yeah, really wow. encouraging. It was a twenty no two thousand seven, I think, Z06, okay. which means those prices have come down. And I a think lot. we liked the uh, ZR1 we drove. Of course, you can't get a ZR1 for fifty grand, but I thought, no. all right, what about the Z06? We did like the chassis, and we felt it was fairly light on its feet. I'm just Z06. I, I think it could be a great car. We never drove that Z06, but I think it could be pretty interesting. I, I think I think the Corvette is a real consideration. That C6 Corvette. Now the mm -hmm. C7 is genuinely that much better than the C6. Oh yeah. But you cannot count out that C6. I've driven Z06, I believe, and Grand Sport. You could probably find either one of those for under 50 if you could find either one. And now the Z06 is designed to be hardcore and nothing else. The Grand Sport is some of the Z06, like, fine-tuning and hardcore feel, but a little more livable. Mm -hmm. So I would say chase the Grand Sport version of the C6. You could probably find one of those under 50. That is, I'm glad that's top of your list because that is a great one under Chevy. And kind of an obvious one, but a great one that you absolutely have to look at. I also kind of grouped Pontiac here, since Pontiac has nowhere to be. But if you go back okay. 10 years, there are some Pontiacs left. And I feel like, okay, let's put them under Chevy because it's GM. I suppose One I so. have to mention. I mean, we could wait till we get to right the P's, but, you know, I see you well, jumping uh, in there. Right, I'm just, uh, fine, yeah. I, I'm, I'm putting it under the parent company. All right, all right. One of them I feel like you have to put in there is the Saturn Sky or Pontiac Solstice. Hmm. That gets forgotten, and I think it belongs here. Now, I will be honest. We've driven that car. We've driven that car in a couple variations. 
Uh, we drove the Solstice, though. Uh, well, actually, I've driven the Sky, too, now that I think about it. I have driven both of them. drove the Sky. Uh, I did not, as I recall. Yeah. Uh, but here, here's... Here's the problem with that car. Well, there's there's a couple, but here's the problem with that car. You have to get the turbo version. The, the non-turbo version is about 170 horsepower for a car that is a little bit heavier than the Miata. That's not moving very quick. Right. Uh, there's a uh... lot of there's a lot of plastic in that interior, so you have to be ready for that as well. The the <laughs> biggest issue the biggest issue with it, honestly, design wise, is that it has the worst uh, convertible top retractable design I've ever seen because you literally to do it right have to get out of the car and open up the clamshell back and shove the top in it Mm. and in a world where Miatas and S2000s and Boxsters and everything it's either flip a switch or touch a button you're getting out now you're back into 1980 that's a big problem that was a good looking car uh, I think if you could find a Solstice Coupe, those were gorgeous, but those are harder to find. Yeah, I, I doubt those are under 50K because uh, anybody who's got one is probably going to feel like it's a collector car and ask far more, but they're, well, they're 50, great looking. Though, a, 50, though, is a ridiculous amount of money for that car. But oh, yeah. I will say get Absolutely. the get this. Get the standard transmission. Get the turbo. It's, I mean, it's like a 260 horsepower, 260 pound-feet of torque. That's, some, yep. that's a car with some grunt. I, that's a car I so wish would have gone one more generation because I felt like mm-hmm. it was about a 90% awesome car. If they had refined and it, needed it a, oh, man. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. It so, just, so that's worth looking at. It, if, it if you like it, it's out, unique. You know? Yeah, I know. It, it, if you like it, it's unique. Another one that ended the bailout is the G8, Pontiac G8. Yeah, I was going to mention the uh, Chevy SS that we recently drove. Mm-hmm. Brand new, that Either thing's one. under fifty grand. Absolutely. I don't Absolutely. think... Yeah, uh, now they're doing... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, the SS, yeah, is the new version of the G8. The G8 is you're shopping in thirty grand. The SS is you're shopping in forty five to fifty. Right. The SS is now coming with the manual transmission and the magnetic ride control, which are the things we cried out for it to have to make it spectacular. If you can afford an SS, nobody's buying those cars they're they're honestly they're kind of a sales disaster and it's tragic because they are awesome. Yeah, they really are. If it, with anything with that magnetic ride control and now for I should look those up the 2015 the brand new ones I'm wondering mm-hmm. if they're still mm-hmm. just under 50 grand because that would be an awesome car actually. I mean they're yeah. bigger, they're heavier, the, but that magnetic ride control transforms everything as we talked about with Cadillac. It just yeah, it's the yeah. difference. It really is. And that and engine is great. Yeah, if you watch our review, that SS, even though it's bland to look at, the minute the roads got tight, it was so much better of a car mm-hmm. than that big Charger that we had. And it really was one of those cars. It's cliche that we say it, but it really was, was one of those cars that shrank when you drove it faster on, on a, a fast road. I was very impressed with it. If you're listening, don't ask us to include the Cobalt, any variation or fun <laughs> fast version of the Cobalt because, yeah, we're just going to say no on that one. Well, front-wheel drive, you know, early (laughs) 2000s, pre-bailout GM, front-wheel drive, 260 horsepower. There's a lot of bad news in that. Yes, you could buy it and get yourself some cheap speed. (laughs) But you you could get yourself some cheap speed, but there's a lot of bad news in that situation. Two that are out there that I think we should also include, one that gets forgotten is the Pontiac GTO. We've recommended that on the podcast before. You can get that for 10, 12 grand, 400 horsepower, six-speed. You get one of those, that's a lot of, and it's rear-wheel drive. That's a lot of money, pardon me, a lot of power for not a lot of money. And then, of course, we have to say Camaro. I wouldn't say SS, but the 1LE package, 
on top of your SS, the one elite package, and if you can find it for 50 grand, ZL1. I don't know if you can, though. I don't know if you can. Yeah, you may be right. You may be right. It may, may be completely out. Wait a couple years, and then you'll be good. Yeah. But that, yeah. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, yep. We drove the yep. SS. We have not driven the one LE, and, which I'm really curious about. Um, but it's taking it's taking some of the the button down make it handle issues of the ZL1 and putting them on the SS, which can only be good news. Yeah, I like what they've done stylistically as well. Just pushing it a little mm-hmm. bit from mm-hmm. the the uh, you know initial you know resurgence of the Camaro when they brought it back. I like what yeah. they've done to push the you know change the rear taillights. We've called that out a lot, but mm-hmm. yeah. that ZL1 just is a track monster. If, uh, it is. It's I guess impressive. you're gonna have to it's wait impressive. a couple of years to get that under fifty grand. You're gonna have to wait, but it's worth it. That car is so impressive, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah, if you're really into the muscle thing, I, I mean, I still feel like the Camaro is a bit too big for what it is or what it needs to be. But welcome to American cars, I suppose. Well, but it's, I mean, and, and we're and we've got our Z28 review coming up. I mean, the thing yeah. that, that's interesting that Chevy has done with that platform, it remains something with frankly poor visibility. And it is too big to be an agile car. And yet, the boffins at GM have figured out a way to make that car handle. So if you get the right versions, the ZL1 being a great example, the Z28 being another, it really can handle far better than anything about what it is suggests that it should. Mm -hmm. So it's worth looking at. And you might find a deal on a ZL1. Maybe you can find a used one now. Fifty grand, maybe. Look look around. Maybe. We should move on to Chrysler Dodge, though. You know, anything after the bailout for those cars, I feel like. Just anything before, I haven't been mm-hmm. too impressed with. But anything after, sure. you, both you and I always say, wow, this is actually pretty good. And so I, yeah. even though, with the grand exception, I will say the Viper for the third and the fourth generations for that last 10-year sure. period, that's got to be yeah, in there. Yeah. Although I've always heard people mm-hmm. say it just drives like a truck. It's a sports car with a truck engine or maybe an engine wearing a car. I, I don't know which, but <laughs> I, I'm very curious. I want to drive the Viper. You know, of course, the new Viper is out. That fifth generation is beautiful, yeah. but it's not 50 grand. So if yeah. you want a and Viper, I, you you're going to have driven, to go back in terms of the third and fourth generation. I've driven I've driven the new one, driven on the on the track at track day. I mean, it's it's a beast of a car. Come on, naturally aspirated V10 as it always has Sheesh. been. Yeah. Uh, the, the new version actually is well-refined and has an interior that is worthy of its price tag. That's the problem about your used Viper, is it's not a nice interior. It can be a cool driving experience, and it's got a lot of attitude, but it is not a nice interior. Speaking of interiors, I think that, that brings to what you're saying about post-bailout. The uh, the Challenger is one we have to bring mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. but I think you have to get post-bailout to when they they finally actually recently updated that interior. The original, original interior on that resurgence of that car was pretty terrible, frankly. But... You know, once they got away from the Mercedes uh, marriage that went awry, <laughs> that brought us things oh, yeah. like the Crossfire. I blanked the that cro- out too. I'm gonna, s- Side note for a second. A couple of people have asked us over the years about the Crossfire SRT version. This is the Mercedes SLK redone as a Chrysler. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not a great performance chassis anyway. Then taken to Chrysler, given that body style, which I know some people like, but I, it never worked for me. It's powerful, but it's automatic, and I would not recommend that. But somebody's going to ask, so I wanted to, to mention it. The new Challenger or the new Charger, when I say that, we're talking post-bailout cars. We liked the Charger, even in V6 form. Now, that's not mm-hmm. I don't know if that's an enthusiast car at that point, but if you like big family cars, it's worth it. 
Oh, we were impressed with it in terms of power. Just that V6 made great power for how big that car is. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I remembered having great fun room. driving that car. It was mm-hmm. really not too yeah. bad. And I'm also yeah, trying I mean, to think it's... of uh, one other here. It was the Prowler, but I think we're just outside of that 10-year period. And plus, that no, wasn't Prowler a performance was early. car was early 2000s and yeah, that's yeah it was. you know the the, Prow- the prowler is to chrysler dodge what the ssr was to chevy it's uh <laughs> it's like a it's like a it is it's like a sports yeah. car interior in a in a in a hot rod looking body and it accomplishes neither of the above well i hate to say it but it's not really a performance car it's not really a utility car it's cool to look at, and we're kind of done. Please say it. So, I think there were both mistakes on both their parts. I, I don't well, understand the but, retro look for a while. It was popular for a while, and then people realized how. But there a bad were a market for those was. folks. I mean, they're that. They're those are. And then, of course, we have to say it. Uh, you can't get it yet, but if you can get yourself a Hellcat Challenger used in a couple of years, Ooh. when those cars are forty grand, that's going to be the performance bargain on the planet. If you just want to be able to have <laughs> bragging rights for, look what I can do with my right foot, that will wait. be awesome. Uh, I can't wait till our video comes out for that. That's uh, what another week or so for our couple video weeks. Then? By the time, but actually, by the time you hear this, it'll be about a week away. Great. Uh, so we, yeah, we had yeah, a yeah. So, ball driving those cars. That was just we insane. did. We did. So Fiat. Fiat is simple. Uh, Fiat is simple because it's the 500 Abart, and we're done. <laughs> you like that 500L though? That European family hauler. Stop it. Especially in Stop that. Stop it. That is color. actually it's... the that is the ugliest car on the road. <laughs> yes, it comes in both a flesh color and a baby poo brown. Oh, Either man. of the above are available on your 500L, which is appropriate. But but the thing about the thing about the the 500 Abart is it's still not a great chassis, but it is a riot. It Watch is. our review on that. It is a fun car we to drive, though it is not. It is not a a perfect chassis. I think if the Fiesta ST didn't exist, the 500 Abart would be a lot more enticing. But because the Fiesta exists, if you like the Abart, you can get them cheap, and that is actually, yeah. I'm talking new ones. You can get them right around 20 grand flat. That is a that is a riot of a car for that money. Which brings us to the elephant in the room car, Ford. Well, Ford is killing it right now with the Fiesta ST, but a lot of others too. Yes, and before we talk about Ford, I have one weird thing to throw in here for you. And I had to look it up because we have driven it, and there are some enthusiast qualities about it, and that is the Uh Fisker Karma. If we're going alphabetically, I had to find All one, right. and I found one for fifty grand, <laughs> and I seen them around, and I thought, "All right, if I you're saw that one today, st- oh, you did? No kidding! I saw one today in the snow, and there it went. And I have really? to say, that is, that is, look, it is a flawed vehicle. It's not a perfect vehicle, but watch our review. There are a lot of things about it, and and no matter what, that is a rolling concept car when you see it. It is shocking to see that car moving it It feels like you're looking at the future it really it's an incredible car to see on the road and it's okay to drive i don't know that it's an enthusiast car but it's okay to drive and if you could get one for a deal great i'm not sure who's going to service it but (laughs) i don't know yeah interesting it's got that gm four banger under the hood so well yeah i mean that's it's volt it's volt technology i have no idea if those guys would want to crack into it but it's kind of volt technology all right so i i I knew you'd appreciate that i just had to throw that in there just you know because there are right about 50 grand if you're that weird owner that wants one then fine <laughs> we did find it interesting to drive so like todd yeah. said watch our review on it but okay now we better, can talk about ford better than expected so ford ford yeah. i think is 
honestly, Ford is rising up right now. I feel, you know, this is a random thought because Honda's next. I feel like Ford is now what Honda was 15, 20 years ago. They're In terms like of what? Becoming, they're becoming an enthusiast halo brand where mm. it's what do you want in their lineup? What kind of flavor of car do you want? Oh, look, we have an enthusiast version. I feel like Honda used to be that, isn't now. And I feel like Ford is that now. Fiesta ST, spectacular car. Everything you've heard about that car, it's true. Great car to drive. It is. Focus ST is 90% as fun as the Fiesta ST, which is kind of crazy to say that the bigger, more expensive car is not as fun. But 90% is fun, but a good size bigger if you need more room. You know. So there's just two, and we're under 30 grand still. I I, uh, I love both of those cars, and it got me thinking when I was at the Nurburgring last year on Sunday afternoons. It's just that's the place, just like in America, where you just go hang out with your cars. Your yeah. buddies show up, yeah. and I saw mm-hmm. the Focus RS 500. There were actually two of them there, and I wow. lament that we don't get them in America. But I'm wondering if you're in Europe, if you can find those for about 50 grand U.S. or under. I'm wondering if those are available. I mean, they're they're rare. They're hard to find, but wow. Prior gen RSs. I, I don't know the, about the, the RS five hundred. The, the I'm prior, just wondering. The prior gen, you know, because they have yeah. the RS in Europe, and they're talking about bringing it here. Let's hope they do. I hope uh, they do. But yeah, the prior gen RS would be great. Let's 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 have an all wheel drive RS STI uh, oh something gosh. competitor from Ford. That would be fascinating to drive those two cars back to back. But now that we're talking EcoBoost four cylinders, now that also includes Mustang. Yep. The new Mustang EcoBoost. I I am fascinated to see what happens to the tuning world with that car. And you have to consider that it is affordable. Now you're into rear-wheel drive. But clearly, with the Fiesta ST and Focus ST, proves that Ford is doing good things for enthusiasts. So the EcoBoost is interesting. And then, of course, V8. Yep. And then, of course, you can go used Mustangs. What about the Boss, the 302? Are those under 50 grand? Agreed. Oh, yeah, yeah. They yeah. are, you right? Could, you could find them for that. Used ones you could find for that. I mean, I don't know if anybody's still hanging on to new ones, uh, you know, hanging them on to at their dealership. And if so, they've probably priced them up. But you right. could get a used Boss for that. And here's the thing. The Boss was based on stuff they learned doing the Bullet version of that same chassis. Mm-hmm. So the Bullet, I would consider. The Boss, I would say definitely. That is, up to this point, my favorite Mustang I've driven. I sure uh, remember that, loving the handling boss. on that car. That's, I really do. That was it was surprising to think, wow, this is a Mustang and then of course the power it, it and does then it the all. noise. It does it does all the handling that you hope that car will accomplish. The Boss Mustang can do it. But then it has all of the heritage, the big rumbling V8 and the Mustang muscle car feel yeah. as oh, well. Yeah. And that's really worth it if you find yourself a Boss Mustang uh, from this prior generation. Absolutely do that trying to think what else from Ford are we missing here in terms of just pure enthusiast cars we've we've covered a lot of the EcoBoost stuff of course the new mm-hmm. 2.3 liter EcoBoost I I really enjoyed that car of course I wanted more power out of it I'm sure you did too yeah. but it's going to be exciting to see what enthusiasts do with it and just actually probably make it far more powerful than the V8 which is going to be interesting yeah. but yeah. uh i'm trying It'll to be, think. here's my 600 horsepower four-cylinder mustang man yeah. and then it blows up about <laughs> a day later but hey it'll yeah. be cool while it lasts i'm just trying to there'll think that, uh what else we're there'll be that youtube that video of EcoBoost mustang explodes on dino you know that's coming oh, you that know is, it's coming that is definitely coming that is youtube gold right there 
Oh, <laughs> we're we're doing the wrong kind of videos. Anyway, uh, we'll get we'll get one for the press fleet. Blow it up on the di- no, we won't. No, but anyway, we won't. Um, so let's. Uh, yeah, I think I think we're probably done with Ford. But here's okay. the thing, though. Ford is doing. I mean, when you consider we started with the GT at the top of the program, they have the 350R with the flat uh, flat plane V8 coming. I mean, Ford has gone enthusiast obsessed and bravo. But I love that the Fiesta ST at the bottom of their lineup is a fantastic enthusiast car. And then you just, mm-hmm. what price and setup do you want? You just keep going up and finding an option for you. That's great. And Honda used to do that, so I'm transitioning to Honda. Nicely and done. And they don't anymore, and it's too bad. Honda's got a few, but Honda is not, I, I don't feel like, up to their reputation of the enthusiast Halo brand I, I originally thought of them as. No, they're not. I hope the NSX, the new one, does great things for them. But I will keep banging away at this... CRZ with HPD supercharger in it, which comes I think that's true. from the factory. I had a yep. ball driving that car, and I agreed. I, I didn't expect that. I didn't gravitate towards the car when I drove it at track day. It was really the only thing left, and it was sort mm-hmm. of in the category of, you know, the the guy who gets picked last for dodgeball. You know, nobody yeah, wants yeah. it. It's sitting all alone in the corner. I thought, all right, I'll take it for a spin. I took it out for three consecutive times. I put like nine know, or ten laps on that thing. It was great. yeah, exactly because it's because it's yeah. We've talked about it before. If you listen to our track day uh, version, uh, you've talked about it before. It's each stint when you're a journalist at these things is three laps. And I remember I, I got out of something. I forget what I was even at, just got out of. And I got out of something. We're at Streets of Willow, which is a very tight technical course. Right, right. And Paul had gotten there after me and hopped in whatever he could to learn the track. I'm like, where is Paul? And somebody's like, oh, I, I think he's in the CRZ. And I was like, he's in the CRZ? Really? Uh, it I mean, sounds I, strange. I drove, it sounds drove strange. Drove the original one. If you watch our review of the original one, the non-HPD version, the non-performance version, that car is a better enthusiast car than you expect. Yeah. But here's Paul just doing laps and laps and laps and laps and like, what's going on? I'm telling you. You got out of that with one of the biggest grins I've seen you have all day. <laughs> That's so which funny. Which is quite impressive. I, I, sh- I just really enjoyed it because you could just lock the steering wheel. I mean, you could even hold your arms against your knees and just steer with the throttle to the corners. <laughs> it was hilarious. I was yeah. just... It was just, you know, learning the track with the car. It was just so much fun. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. But and that's, uh, a, that's a tight track, too. It, it reveals a lot of understeer problems if they're there. So it we does. We talk about other other obvious uh, Hondas. The Accord Coupe V6, I mean, uh, well, V6, six-speed, or four-cylinder six-speed, that is not a common car. No. But if you need that size, it's a halfway decent enthusiast car. I wouldn't say it is an enthusiast car, but it's... It's got every piece of technology. It's a great all-around car that can kind of play enthusiast if you get yourself kind some of. good tires. It's got it's got eco tires on it originally. I have never made a car's tires howl faster doing less <laughs> than in that that Accord. <laughs> sort of I mean, Honda builds itself a Mustang. Tries at least. It, kind of. Well, but here's the thing: minor, minor effort down a back road <laughs> in that car. You you would swear. You could tell it when you watch our review. You would swear I'm trying to hurt the automobile. <laughs> Minor effort. It, it squealed like crazy. It desperately was in need of better tires. But it's, an, it's a worthwhile consideration for every other reason about the car other than please upgrade your tires. Yes, go to Tire Rack. There, I put that there. Nice. Um, well, don't forget we the Civic SI. Mention- That's still exactly. in there. I've got to come back to the Civic SI that it we is. drove. And I was looking the new ones up online here. The 2015s are still like 22, 25 grand, somewhere in there. I'd actually like to revisit that car and drive that one again I want to. because yeah, I want to there drive were the some problems version. with it. You know, we had some seating just adjustability problems. We didn't really like the seating position in it. But in terms of power and 
you know, just winding that engine out. I really enjoyed that car, and I'd be curious to great, drive the new one again. Great six-speed, because Honda does that just about better than anybody. That gearbox is from Honda is still spectacular. Yeah. Great six-speed, gets a lot of power out of that engine, um, so that's impressive. I mean, I, my problem with the SI is every time I get in one, I want it to be a little bit better than it is. And mm-hmm. it is an enthusiast car. There's no question. It has that reputation. It maintains that reputation. If you like Hondas, it'll run until the earth stops moving. All of that is still true. But if somebody is shopping in that price point, I'm going to tell them Fiesta ST. Yeah. I just am. Yeah. I, I, hear, I, I it, can see that. It's not, it's not that it's a bad car. It's a genuinely good enthusiast car. The Fiesta ST is just better. Yep. And lest we forget the but, S2000. Yes, thank you. Thank the you. end. We've... <laughs> reviewed it ad nauseum. We've driven it. We love it. If you want to know what we really oh. think of that car, just go watch the video because you get to see the car while we're talking about it. I mean, we could well, but here's the other, keep going on it here, the, but just go watch. Really. But here's the thing about the S2000 that I should say, coming back to what I said about Honda earlier. The S2000 shows you what Honda can do and has done. It does. It is a Absolutely. spectacular enthusiast car. You, if you've never driven one, just go to a dealer lot when they're selling a used one and just drive one for a little bit. It's a spectacular driver's yeah. car, but it no longer exists. And I don't know that anything like that's going to come back. I, I, it's a very big a niche, niche car. They but need to if make we're going something back, like that again. They need to. If you're going back 10 years, that keeps you in the AP2, which started in 04. So your AP2, which is the refined version, there's options out there. You can get those for twenty grand, and they're going to keep running. They're Hondas, and they're great cars. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's done it. This has been a long podcast, but I think <laughs> it that's has. Done it. We should wrap up. And just to mention, I was talking about videos, so please go watch us on YouTube. We really are here for videos primarily. We love talking about cars mm-hmm. here, but this is really yep. just the phone call between Todd and Paul. Go watch our videos, and you can <laughs> really see the filmmaking expertise and all of our hard work that goes into those. Plus, you get to hear our commentary about the cars as we're driving them. So check us out yep. online on uh, Twitter and Facebook for all the social media, and write to us there as well. And if we mm-hmm. forgot something again for this alphabetical section of the brands this week. <laughs> I'm sure we did. I'm, I'm sure, sure we, did. we did. Just please write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook as mm-hmm. well. Or hit us up wherever, Twitter, something like that, and uh, let us know. Yep. And um, as you can see, this is an enthusiast recommendation. Somebody wrote in and recommended that we do this. So we are very open to taking your recommendations. And if you have some more, please let us know. I actually looked up Ferraris to see if just in case you could get one for 50 grand. And sadly, (laughs) no. I just had to try. I just had to try. Well, you could get probably a 308, but then we're we're but it's too far. A lot older than than 10 years. (laughs) And you're going to spend another 50 grand just to keep it running. Like belts for the stupid thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- thanks for watching and for listening. Of course, we have Mid-Engines and Mountains available on uh, on demand on Vimeo and also available on Blu-ray, as is our original 50 Years of 9-11 Porsche film. Yeah, we're yeah. already talking, can't share yet, but we're already talking about what is our film for this year. We're trying to get that set up already to shoot it this summer. So that is coming. And coming even sooner than that will be our Hellcat versus Z28 reviews are coming to YouTube. about It starts about a week after you hear this podcast. So That's hang a on fast that review. Well. It's going to be just fast 1200 horsepower (laughs) two cars everyday driver enjoy thanks for listening everyone